Thanks, Aaron and the team. Thanks, Jaira. Good morning, everyone, and Merry Christmas. I'm Jeff. Great to be here together with you this morning, celebrating the birth of Jesus, celebrating Christmas time. Over the last few weeks, our church, we have been talking about gifts that keep on giving, because so often we exchange gifts that don't last. They get eaten up or used up, or sometimes even broken. And I wonder if there's anyone, you know, sad enough, has experienced the pain already this morning to have received a gift that's already gone. Anyone? No one? All your gifts are still intact? No, none of the food has been eaten already? Ah, there's one. Thanks, Reuben, for your honesty. Sometimes, you know, you get a toy out And you start to use it, and then within 10 minutes, unfortunately, you've crushed it and it's broken. One Christmas morning, we had a knock at the door from a neighbor who just moved in. We hadn't met him yet. He's like, I think my drone landed in your backyard. (laughs) And all sorts of things can happen. Or we open the chocolates, and then all of a sudden, before breakfast, they're gone. The gifts that we give often don't last. And probably that's what happened in the first Christmas with the gold and the frankincense and myrrh from the wise men. They were probably used up or spent at least eventually at some point in Jesus' life uh, when he was quite young, we would imagine. But there are other gifts in the Christmas story that we've been talking about that did last and did keep on giving. And so when we talk about the wise men and we talk about the shepherds, we can see that they gave the gift of curiosity. They were curious about the things that they saw and experienced and they went and found Jesus. And we still benefit from their curiosity today. And we talked about Mary and Joseph and how they were afraid at what the angel had told them, but they had courage. They gave the gift of courage to each other to this baby that would be born, and they became the earthly parents of Jesus. But not all of the gifts exchanged in your house today are going to be quite that good. They're not going to last that long. They're not going to be that special when you open your gifts today. For example, in 1983, two years before I was born, the movie A Christmas Story was released. And on Christmas morning, Ralphie receives this present from a distant aunt, and it is pink bunny pajamas from Aunt Clara. Now, onesies are kind of cool these days. Like, you know, you might own a onesie. Someone you know has a onesie. It's kind of fun and and cool to wear a onesie. Not in 1983, when you're eight years old, on Christmas morning, opening a present from a distant aunt. And so he reluctantly goes upstairs and tries on these pink bunny pajamas just for the sake of his parents. And he comes downstairs absolutely humiliated. This is not the gift he wanted. And even though he opened it, he did not want to use it. And he comes downstairs and his mum tells him, don't worry, you'll only wear it when Aunt Clara visits. Wonder if you've ever received a gift that you do not need and a gift that you know you'll never use. Maybe you were given something that you were allergic to. Maybe you were given something that you already own two of. Maybe, like Ralphie, you received something that was incredibly humiliating or embarrassing or maybe offensive. And, and surely it's the thought that counts, right? But sometimes there's not a lot of thought that goes into the gifts that we give. But at Christmas time, we remember that God the Father gave humanity an incredible gift, the gift of his one and only son, Emmanuel, God with us. 
And he knew what he was doing. He knew that we needed this gift, not just at Christmas, but every day. The gift of Jesus, which I have a representation of right here. The gift of Jesus that God gave us is a gift that God knew we needed. And it's a gift that keeps on giving. Now, it might sound a bit funny to think of God giving a gift and and receiving Jesus and thinking of Jesus as a gift that we should use or, or make use of like we do with other gifts because we don't talk about people like that. We don't use other people. But the gift of Jesus wasn't just a baby being born. The gift of Jesus was the representation of God's love. It was love that was given at Christmas, embodied by Jesus. And not awkwardly, it wasn't Jesus putting on love like pink bunny pajamas and awkwardly or embarrassingly coming down the stairs. It was love putting flesh and bones on and coming to visit humanity, love in human form. And I want to explain to you two Bible verses and a poem to explain how the gift of Jesus is the gift of love. So the first one is from the Apostle John. He didn't start his record of Jesus' life with the Christmas story. No angels, no shepherds, no wise men, no stables. He jumped straight in. And calling Jesus the Word of God, he says, So the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. God gave us the gift of Jesus to demonstrate his love. But, but not just to demonstrate, also to be the physical, living, breathing expression of the fact that God himself is love. He gave the gift of love. And then jump ahead with me to 1885, when Christina Rossetti wrote a poem that goes like this. She wrote, love came down at Christmas. Love all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Star and angels gave the sign. And it's not that love didn't exist in the world before Jesus was born. Love has always been around. God has always been love. But in Jesus, God embodied love. Love put flesh and bones on and came to visit. So let's jump back again, a long time before 1885. The Apostle John didn't just write his his account of Jesus' life, he wrote some letters. And in his first letter in chapter 4, he wrote, God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. I wonder if you've ever had to fake liking a gift just to be polite to the giver. Socks again. Yay! You know know how to tell if someone isn't completely stoked with the gift that you've given them? Here's what they'll usually do. They'll usually tell you in like detailed practical terms what they're going to do with it. Okay, so look out for this this Christmas. You're going to catch yourself accidentally doing this. It's not, it's not foolproof, so don't, you know, don't hurt each other over this. But you watch out. What, what you'll do is, socks again. I'm going to wear these. Oh, a cookbook. Oh, I'm, I'm going to cook something out of this book. Oh, cologne. Oh, I'm going to put that on. 
That's what we do, just the default. A gift we're not stoked with, we'll jump to, all right, I, I think I should probably do something with that. Now, this morning, I received a gift. Well, really, our church received a gift. Mysteriously, on the desk in the office, received a, a, a present that was wrapped, and it just said staff team on it for the, the church staff team. And they were electronic drumsticks. Now, you'll notice, no drum kit on stage. We haven't had a drummer playing a full kit for some time. Abdil doing the, uh, the kick drum. Thank you. But uh, we now have electronic drumsticks. Fantastic. I got them out. I've had a go. You put batteries in them. Let's put this stuff away. You turn them on. They look like this. On, on. And then, theoretically, when you hit them, they make a sound. There we go. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to whoever thoughtfully gave these drumsticks. We are going to use them. <laughs> wow. And I wonder, I wonder if you feel like the gift of God is something that you never needed, something you never asked for. God just did it, apparently, sent his son, but you have no need for him. You have no use for him. But maybe to be polite, you might offer something back to God. Go, a baby born at Christmas, I'll pray to him. Oh, a man who died on a cross, well, I'll I'll go to church occasionally, just to be polite. But at Christmas, we remember that the gift of God, the gift of God is not something embarrassing like Ralphie's pajamas. It's not something that we don't need. It's not something meaningless like the cross-stitch that your Auntie Mavis gave you. It's not something thoughtless, like the book that your in-laws gave you about a topic that you've never, ever cared about. The gift of God is something that you need. So John wrote that God loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And that is something that you and I need. It's not something we're always aware of, the fact that we have this sin that might need taken away. But I guarantee that if you stop and if you think about your life and the things that you've experienced, you'll feel the weight of sin that needs taking away. Because in the creation story at the beginning of the Bible, sin is introduced into the story simply as the concept of knowing good and evil. So it's not just the experience of good, it's also knowing good and evil evil. And so when you think about sin like that, it's just knowing and experiencing evil. That means that you feel the weight of sin every time someone hurts you. It means that you feel the weight of sin every time you hurt someone else. You feel the weight of sin every time you're anxious. You feel the weight of sin every time you slip back into a habit that you want to kick. You feel it every time you lash out at someone and every time your heart is broken. And you feel the weight of sin in the middle of the night, 2.45 in the morning when your brain wakes you up just to remind you of all of the terrible things you've done and all the times you made yourself look stupid and all of the people that hurt you 22 years, three months and four days ago and how you still haven't been able to get over that. Sin is the weight of evil. And we 
commit sins. We do sins, sure. But sin means that we know and feel the weight of evil and badness and the opposite of everything good. And that keeps us away from God. It makes us want to hide from him and run from him. But John wrote that into that, into that situation in your human heart, God loved you so much that he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away your sin. What Jesus did when he grew up at Easter, when he died on the cross, was he died as a sacrifice to take away your sin. And so that means that today, right now today, Jesus can remove the weight of your sin. All that you've done and all that's been done against you, it's no fun living with that weight and that pressure and carrying that around. Jesus wants to take that from you. And it also means that in eternity, which John wrote about, after you die, Jesus can remove forever the consequences of that sin. Because you couldn't live forever with that weight. You could never look a perfect God in the face carrying that weight. And so he sent his son to release you from a life and an eternity of being bound to sin. The gift of God is a gift that you need. Now, as a gift giver, not trying to relate myself to God, let me put that down for a moment. As a gift giver, one of my fears is that um, the gift won't be received. Um, And so, you know, it's the thought that counts. You buy the gifts. But if I buy a gift and and send it to you away and you never receive it, oh, that's, that's such a waste. And in particular, I think about it the most with gift cards. So from time to time, I've bought someone a gift card and not been with them. And so I've sent it in the post or, or I've sent it with another person. And sometimes it's been a surprise. And so I like it, you know, you don't want to ring up and say, ah, did you get my gift? Did you, did, you, did, you, did you appreciate it? You know, you don't want to do that. So you just send it. You buy the card, you charge it up with money, you send it off. And sometimes you have no idea if it's been received and if it has been received, if it's been opened, if they appreciate it or not, that's up to them. But, but have they used it? Or has all of my money gone to waste? Have I just propped up a business or a corporation with my generosity and the gift has never been used or received? The gift that God gave is not only a gift that you need. The gift of God in Jesus is one that he wants us to use. And so John in his letter in the very next verse said, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. And so Jesus and and John and all the other writers in the New Testament, they always paired these two things. You receive from God and then you're able to give to other people. And you should, you should receive the gift of God, the gift of love that he gave in Jesus. You should hang on to that. You should experience that in your life. He did it for you, but, but not just for you. Open that gift up, get it out, and share that love with other people. It'd be, it is so easy to get tired and and cynical at the lack of love in the world around us. Maybe even in your own life to go, I, I, I don't even know when I last experienced love. It doesn't take long to think of the latest event in the news or the latest thing that happened in our life to remind us that we all have a lack of love but also that we all still want it. We all still need it. And God sent his son into the world because he loved us that much to show us what true love and real love is. 
selfless, not selfish, but self-sacrificing. And when we pay it forward, when we share that love with each other, it also needs to be selfless. It also needs to be sacrificial, which means that we'll risk being misunderstood. It means that our love won't always be returned or honoured. And the kind of love amongst people means that you shouldn't always be taken advantage of. Love, where trust has been broken, love should have healthy boundaries. But love does risk. And love isn't always easy. But love is the defining characteristic of what God is like. He gave us love in Jesus, and it's the defining characteristic of God wants of what God wants you and your life to be like. And so as we finish today, I want to jump to 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter in the New Testament. Now, the Apostle Paul wrote this chapter because he knew that we would have weddings and we'd need something to read at these weddings. So he's like, I've got to put something in there about love. And so he wrote it in. No, no, that's not why he wrote it, even though it's good for weddings. Uh, he wrote it because the people he was writing to were really struggling to love each other and to share the love of God with each other. They were having a really hard time. And so he put it right in the middle of a really important section. And love is practical. We feel love for sure, but that's not what what Paul wrote about. And that's not what real love is. Love is practical. And so I wonder if at the end of today, you're going to be able to think back. Christmas Day, Sunday, the 25th of December, 2022. Would you be able to say, will you be able to say, I loved today? I'm going to be able to say that I ate today. Absolutely. I'm going to be able to say that I brushed my teeth today. I'm going to be able to say that I played a game today. I'm going to be able to say that I went to church today. All very practical things. But in the same way, can I say I loved today? And so Paul wrote this section. We're just going to read a few verses. It'll be listed out on the screen. All these things that love is, all these practical things. And I wonder if there's one of those for you to grab hold of today. If you're up for the challenge not just of receiving the love of God, but of giving the love of God to someone else to grab one of those practical things and say, today I want to hang on to that and give it a try. Give it a go. That one's going to be really hard today. I know who I'm having lunch with. I need that one today. So let's have a look at what's on the screen. That love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud, or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable. Love keeps no record of when it was wronged. Love does not rejoice about injustice when someone else loses, when someone else has something done to them, but love rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. Love is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Remember this Christmas, remember today, that anything that you have to give, you have to first receive it. And maybe today the receiving is the most important part for you because it has to come first. If you're going to give the love of God, you have to first receive the love of God. And so when we pray in a moment, maybe that's what you want to reflect on. 
to pray and receive and experience the love of God that you need. But once you've received that, then you have within you the capacity, you have Jesus within you, his spirit within you, the capacity to give that real practical love to each other. So let's pause for a moment. Let's pause with just a a little bit of silence. There's a full room, there's kids around, the lollipops are probably all finished and they're going, I thought he said we'd be done by the time these lollipops were finished. But let's just take a moment and wherever you are, just to sit and rest and breathe and connect with God who gave you a gift that you need. Let's do that now. God loved you so much that he sent his son. And since God loved you so much, you, we surely ought to love each other. So God, today we ask you that we would receive and experience your love just as you sent Jesus. Would your love fill our hearts We would not just know it and think about it, but experience your love. And then would you also give us the capacity and the strength and the resolve to share that love with each other in real, practical, difficult ways this Christmas. May we know today that the most important gift that we're going to give is love. You might have a perfect present wrapped up, someone sitting here today. You might have the perfect gift that you've chosen. But the best thing, the greatest thing, the most important thing that you can offer the people you see today is the kind of love that we read about. And so God, we ask for your help to share your love. In Jesus' name, amen.